This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Michael, how are you, my friend? How you doing? Are you okay? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Praise the Lord. Good. Family's Amen. doing okay, so I can't complain. How's things for you over in England? Oh, not too bad. It's very cold at the moment. High winds, you know, the weather's not very nice. And uh, I went to football last night, and myself and my wife went there, and... Uh, it was okay, it wasn't too bad it was bearable when we went in the ground you know, about half past six but as the game started at eight o'clock it got very, very cold and uh, you know, you had to make sure you moved your feet regular and and clapped your hands together to keep yourself warm but uh, it's good to be with you Um, you know, it's good to be back Likewise, and I hope you had some hot cocoa or coffee over there. Keep you warm. Oh, I had, <laughs> I had some hot co- I had some hot coffee, and I treated myself to a cheeseburger. So oh, yeah, I was I was pretty good, you know. So there we go. Awesome, everybody, welcome aboard. Hey, we're excited to be here and be live with Pastor Michael Cummins. Today is January thirty first, two thousand twenty four. Where's the year going, Brother Michael? Well, it's pretty. It's gone pretty quick. I mean, when you consider that, you know, we was having a Christmas dinner. It seems like yesterday we was eating our Christmas lunch, and you know, January is completely gone. February's soon coming. So there we go. I'll tell you. Well, I'm excited to be here with you today, my friend. And would you like to open us in prayer? And the microphone. Yes, is yours. certainly. 
And I'll just pray for a couple of people, okay? I've been praying for. Absolutely. Dear Lord God, dear Lord God, we're going to be preaching about Judas Iscariot and how Satan entered him today and took over his mind and his body and warning all the folks how easy it is if we open a door to him. And Lord, I pray today for Benjamin, who's got Lyme's disease, which has caused terrible arthritis all over his body. And we command that arthritis to leave immediately in the name of Jesus Christ. And Stephen in South America, he also has Lyme disease. That Lyme disease must go. It has no authority here. And Stephen will be healed. We pray for Christina and her daughter, Ariana, in Sydney, Australia, Lord. We pray pray that you will bless them both, Lord, and strengthen them. Lord, we pray for Dima, who lives in East London. Lord, she's had cancer and large proportion of her stomach taken away, and another tumour has appeared, and we command that tumour to go straight away. It will disappear. The Holy Spirit will eradicate it in Jesus' name. And we pray for all the folks listening today, Lord. Please be with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I say amen to that. Again, welcome everybody. Brother Michael, take it away. Thank you so much. Well, today we want to talk about someone who's hardly ever spoke about I think people will spit at his name. When you think of the evil people in history, you think of Pol Pot, you think of Marzi Tung, you think of Joseph Stalin, Idi Amin, and you think, of course, of Adolf Hitler. But there is a, a different level to this man. His name's Judas Iscariot. He died in AD 30. And he was one of Jesus' 12 apostles, notorious for betraying Jesus. Judas's surname is more probably a corruption of the Latin Sicarius, which in Latin means murderer or assassin. The word is used by the Cosa Nostra and the Mafia to describe someone who's a murderer and assassin. That's probably an indication of his family origin, his family's name, suggesting that he could have belonged to the Sakari Jewish group, a very radical Jewish group about the time when the Romans ruled the Holy Land. And they were known to be terrorists. They were known to be terrorists. And it's believed that maybe Judas's surname is based on that. Uh, little else is revealed about Judas in the Gospels, but his, his father was called Simon, but there's a lot not known about him. But we know this, that Satan entered him. The Bible tells us that Satan entered him, and we're going to go to Luke 22, and we're going to read that today so we know what actually happened. And we'll build our teaching around this. Luke 22, conspiracy against Jesus. Now the feast of the unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. 
and the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains, how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad and covenanted to give him money. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. Now, it says Satan entered him. Now, I'm sure all of us who have been in the deliverance ministry have had times when Satan has attacked us and tried to sift us. But the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So when Satan attacks, we have to resist him. As I've said before, the best way to resist Satan is read the scripture. If you like, read the book of Revelation, Revelation 20, where Satan is told about his future, how the lake of fire he will be put into along with the beast and the false prophets. So we have to stand up to Satan. But Judas has opened the door to Satan. He surely has. He has opened the door to Satan. Now, what sort of character was Judas? Well, you would think anyone that Jesus has chosen to be his apostle, to be his disciple, would have been vetted by Jesus, that Jesus wouldn't have made any mistakes that Jesus would have known if there was any flaws in this man's character. But there again, in lots of churches, there's problems. Let's go to John 12, and I'm going to read verses 1 to 6. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odour of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put in. Hallelujah. So that gives you an indication of the character of Judas. Now, the Bible says the love of money is the cause of all kinds of evil. And if you love money, you're going to be very prone for Satan to enter you. Now, many pastors I've met love money. Their lifestyle really betrays what they do for a 
for for serving God. When we serve God, we've got to put money aside. We've got to put all riches aside. Our total devotion is for Jesus Christ. But when we hear that Judas stole from the money bag, if you like, stole out of the collection, it gives you an indication of what his character was. I remember being told in church once about a man who was in a crusade and the collection was being passed around and people was putting money in. And next to this man who told me this story was a man who put his hand in the collection bag and took £10 out. And the man who told me this story thought what he did was okay because then he went and bought a video for £10. And he said it must have been okay. It can't have been stealing because he put that £10 back and bought a video. And I said, you're deluded. You're naive. This man touched the bag. Judas Iscariot took out of the bag. This man took out the bag. And whatever he did, he bought a video, a preaching video. But if he didn't have the money to buy a preaching video, he should have waited until he had the money, then brought it. You see, when you touch God's money, which should be used to keep the elders of the church, the pastor, and look after the congregation if they get in trouble. If you touch this, then you're committing a terrible sin. Let's carry on. Reading this, John 12, verse 6, that introduces Judas's thievery by saying, as he had the money box, he used to take what was put in it. That would have opened up the door. And when we have a look at this story of how Judas has betrayed Jesus, it's not just a time where Judas is feeling bad towards Jesus. He's feeling aggrieved. He wants to get Jesus back for something. He's annoyed with Jesus. I believe he's totally possessed of Satan. Totally possessed, because the end of Judas shows that he truly was possessed. I always remember many years ago, I was listening to someone who was talking about the famous book of Dante's Inferno. Dante, the famous Italian author, who wrote about the levels of hell and the inferno in hell. And I remember this man talking about the layers of hell and the fires and all the things that were in hell, and hell was really terrifying. But he said about another level of hell, which was lower than the other levels. And he said in this level in hell, it was completely dark and there was just one person there, and that was Judas Iscariot. And he was frozen in a block of ice with his eyes open and he will be like that for all eternity. And it shows you how terrible the sin of betraying Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, 
God himself, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. How could you betray God? But you see, Judas was close to Jesus. I've been asked if Judas turned around and went to Jesus and said, Lord, the devil is attacking me. The devil has come into me. I believe he wants me to betray you to Caiaphas, the high priest, and to those scribes and Pharisees. Would you deliver me from this evil? I'm sure Jesus would have done that. Now, it would have took a lot of courage on Judah's part to admit someone who's been looking after the collection, someone who's been so close to Jesus to admit that he's opened the door for Satan. But because he was stealing out of the collection, that opened the door to Satan. And Satan exploited that. Judas disclosed Jesus' whereabouts to the chief priests and the elders for 30 pieces of silver. They provided the armed guard that he brought to the Garden of Gethsemane, just outside Jerusalem, where Jesus went to pray with the other 11 apostles after the Last Supper. He identified Jesus with a kiss, addressing him as Master. Let's go to Matthew 26 and read verses 14 to 16. Hallelujah. And let's see what actually happened. You know, the funny thing is about addressing Jesus with a kiss. Criminal organizations like the Mafia and the Cosa Nostra, when they have a traitor in their own miss, they go and kiss him. Like Judas kissed Jesus. Hallelujah. Matthew 26, verses 14 to 16. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priests and said unto them, what will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought an opportunity to betray him. Hallelujah. Judas has betrayed Jesus. Satan is completely controlling him. And think of that. If we had read the Bible today and it had said, and Judas Iscariot, the keeper of the purse, went to Jesus and said, Lord, Satan has entered me. Please help me. Please deliver me from Satan. Jesus would have told Satan to leave and he would have had to have left. Satan away. Hallelujah. Let's have a look at John 13. Verses 27, John 13, verses 27. It says, 
And after the sop, Satan entered unto him. Then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest, do quickly. Verse 28 says, Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. Hallelujah. But I'll read 29. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Jesus had said unto him, by those things that we have need of, against the feast or that he should give something to the poor he then having received the sop and um, went immediately out and it was night so jesus didn't rebuke him he said what you're going to do do quickly and i want to warn everyone if you open the door to satan he will exploit it now as you know satan is not omnipotent or omnipresent he can't be a thousand places at once as god can be but satan has plenty of demons and evil spirits at his disposal who he can send to torment you hallelujah john 6 verses 70 to 71. Let's read this and see what's said. There are plenty of scriptures on this. John 6, 70 to 71. Jesus answered them, Have I not chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Something else I want you to consider now. As you know, the prophecy was that Jesus would be lifted up. And by Jesus being lifted up, he would draw all men unto him. So Satan, by entering Judas Iscariot and getting Judas to betray Jesus, he was making Jesus' passion come closer. And that would cause the destruction of the devil. Jesus said, one of you is a devil. So Jesus knew for a long time that Judas Iscariot was going to betray him. He knew that he that had his hand dipped in the bread with Jesus, would be the traitor. There are various traditions about Judah's death. According to Matthew 27, verses 3 to 10. And let's have a look what that says. Matthew 27. Please write these scriptures down. Verses 3 to 10. Hallelujah. Let's read this now. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned and that I've betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? 
say thou to it. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful for to put them in the treasury because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and brought with them the the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore the field was called the field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, that is Jeremiah, saying, and they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord appointed me. Hallelujah. So Judas, after all this happened, now realized he'd been conned. He'd been used by Satan. And he had betrayed Jesus. And now he repented. But he had done a terrible thing. And after Jesus was condemned to death, he returned the silver and hung himself. But they bought the field of blood. I think it's called, what's it called? Uh, Dolima. I'm just doing that by memory. Or Dolcima. Yes. That is the field of blood. I just remembered that in my head. And he died. It's said that his intestines all burst open and spilled on the ground. He had a terrible death. And you see, because he did the things he did, that was the price he paid. So he was one of the closest to Jesus. He must have been trusted because he was allowed to look after the money. And you know, remember, as I said before, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So if you love money really bad, you are opening yourself up. Let's have a look at Acts 1, verse 18. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers of Jerusalem insomuch as the field is called in their proper tongue Al-Selmadama, Al-Seldama, Al-Seldama. That is to say, the field of blood. So that's what's happened to Judas Iscariot, a real traitor, a real traitor. And what should we say if we open up to the devil? He will exploit us and he will take advantage of us. Judas is despised. But because Judas did what he did and Satan entered him, that proves to me Satan is not too bright. 
because soon as Jesus was crucified, Satan's lot was up. Soon as Jesus died on the cross and rode on the rose on the third day, Satan's kingdom was destroyed. Now we're going to go back to Luke twenty two and I'm going to read everything that happened. I only read some of it. So let's read it all now. So we hear the absolute story of how this was done. Hallelujah. Conspiracy against Jesus. I'm going to read Luke 22 from verse 1. And I'm going to read it right down to communion. Now the feast of the unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains, how they might betray him unto them. And they were glad and covenanted to give him money. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the people. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. And they said unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare? And he said unto them, Behold, when you are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you, bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. And you shall say... Unto the goodman of the house, the master saith unto thee, Where is the guest chamber where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room furnished there, make ready. And they went and found, as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. And when the hour was come, he sat down with his apostles with them, and he said unto them, With desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup, gave thanks, and said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave it unto them. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you. But behold the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goeth as it was determined, but woe unto that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to inquire amongst themselves which of them it was that should do this thing. Hallelujah. And it shows you that the other apostles, they didn't know the strengths and weaknesses of Judas Iscariot. This was a spectacular event and the biggest betrayal in the history 
of the world. Sin that chased, sin that changed the course of history. Never nullified, but fulfilled for the global purposes of God to glorify his son, Emmanuel, Yeshua and Jesus, and to save his people. History's most spectacular sin, the murder of Jesus. Let's talk a bit more about Satan entering into Jesus. Hallelujah. Satan betrayed Jesus to them in the absence of the crowd. And when you read Luke 22, let's go back to Luke 22, and we're going to read verses 47 and 48. Hallelujah. And we're going to see what it says. It says, And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto them, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? So Jesus told him and made it clear what he had done. He betrayed the Son of Man. Now when we're told that Satan entered Judas, several questions come should come into our minds. One of them, whether Satan simply mastered a good Jesus or whether Judas was already walking in line with Satan and Satan simply decided that now is the time to get the worst out of Judas. Another question is why Satan would do this since the death and resurrection of Jesus would result in Satan's final defeat. And there is a good reason to think Satan knew that. And the third and most important question is, where was God when this happened? Was his role or non-role in this most spectacular event? Did God allow this to happen to fulfill what he had promised? Now it says that Satan entered into Judas. How are we to think about the will of Judas and the power of Satan? Judas was not an innocent bystander when Satan entered him. He had opened the door to allow Satan to come. The apostle John tells us that in John 12 verse 6 that he was a thief. When Judas complained that Mary had wasted money in anointing Jesus with the spikenard, John's comments were he heard this not because he cared about the people but because he was a thief and having been in charge of the money bag he used to help himself to what was 
put into it. So, Satan thought he was punishing Jesus. But he wasn't punishing Jesus. He was fulfilling the will of God. And that traitor Judas was used to do that. And he ended up committing suicide, hanging himself. And as we say, all his entrails spilled out on the floor. Now let's have a look at Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 3. Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 3. Think about that. People don't talk about Judas Iscariot and his motivations. People don't talk about it. Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 3. Salvation through Christ. And you have he, and you have he quickened, who were dead in the trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lusts of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. I'll read verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, Verse 5, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Now, by grace, we don't get grace because we deserve grace or we've done anything good to receive grace. We receive grace because Jesus went to the cross And he gave his life willingly because that's what the Father had called him to do. So when you think of the crime of Judas Iscariot and how Satan had brought about that crime, mankind is now free. We were all dead in our sins before we accepted Jesus. We were dead in our sins. And we walked according to the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, Satan. When we sin, we're doing the will of Satan. We do the will of Satan. Satan doesn't take innocent people captive. There are no innocent people. Satan has power where sinful passions hold sway to take over the people who have those sinful passions. Judas was a lover of money and he covered it with phony external speaks and saying, Spike Nard, the Woman Mary was anointed Jesus with spikenard. I once wanted to know what spikenard was, and I was told it was in a very expensive 
oil and spice that came from as far as India. And when traders came into the Middle East, that was probably taken to Jerusalem and traded for something else. Very expensive. And she used that on Jesus. Now, Judas, instead of saying, what a wonderful thing you're doing, that spike nard must have cost you a lot of money. What a wonderful thing you are doing by anointing the Lord with it, by washing his feet with your hair and really preparing him for his death. But he was angry. He put up a, a phony argument. That could have been sold and we could have raised money and given it to the poor. What a liar. That's how Satan can enter you when you're a liar, when you're so dishonest. And that's when Satan will enter you. Let's go to the book of Colossians. Colossians 2, 13 to 15. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. You know, when we stand before Jesus, Jesus is not going to read all our sins out, and he's going to say you were guilty of this, you was guilty of that, you was guilty of this, guilty of that, but by me going to the cross, you are forgiven. It's not even going to be mentioned. That's why it's such a wonderful thing to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Anyone listening out there now who's not born again, who's been getting round to receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour, You've heard a bit now of the price Jesus paid to go to the cross, the price Jesus paid so your sins will be forgiven. What's more, your sins will never be mentioned again because Jesus will wipe them out. Hallelujah. Let's go back to the Gospel of Matthew and read Matthew 4, 1 to 11. Matthew 4. 1 to 11. Hallelujah. We pray the name of Jesus. We glorify his wonderful name. Jesus tempted by Satan. Jesus knew who Satan was. I'm going to read this. I've read it before. I'm going to read it now. It's a wonderful scripture. If Jesus had said to God at any time, look, I don't want this, Lord. Please take me back into heaven. God would have sent legions of angels down. God would have sent the angel Michael down to keep any demons away. But Jesus willingly did this to honour God, honour the Father. Let me read this now. Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11. Then was Jesus led up 
of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee and in their hands they shall bear ye up lest at any time they dash their foot against a stone Jesus said unto him it is written again thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory thereof and said unto him, All these things which I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and administered unto him, and if Jesus had said this, the angels would have come. You see, Jesus had no fear of Satan. Satan had no control over Jesus. Satan just used the opportunity. He's, opp he's opportunistic, Satan. Judas gave him the opportunity to attack. Hallelujah. Do you remember Peter? Peter argued with Jesus. Peter made it very clear. You remember the time when Jesus predicted he would suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and be killed? And Peter rebuked him and said, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. And when we read that, that's Matthew 16, verse 23. Matthew, sorry, Matthew 16, verse 22. For Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, thou shalt not be unto thee. Verse 23, But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offence unto me. For thou savourest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of man. So it shows you Jesus knew what happened to Peter. He was trying to hinder Jesus from going to the cross. So when you see that, Satan is hindering Jesus. He doesn't want him to go to the cross. Satan didn't want Jesus to be crucified. It was his undoing. 
But you see, it was Judas who opened the door and let Satan in. Hallelujah. Satan had no advantage at all. Satan saw his efforts to divert Jesus from the cross fail time after time. Jesus kept his course. He's, he was like a stern man and he would never move away, show any fear. And Satan knew there was no way he could stop Jesus from going to the cross. Not just death. Jesus didn't suffer just death. He suffered death by betrayal. Someone who had been very close to him had let him down. Evil men will reject Jesus, it says this. There's prophecies in the Bible that says evil men will reject Jesus. Matthew 21, verse 42 says, Jesus saith unto them, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builder rejected? The same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. And it is marvellous in our eyes. Let's have a look at Psalm 118. Psalm 118, verse 22. Hallelujah. Let's make sure we can get this. Psalm 118, verse 22. Hallelujah. I hope you're enjoying this teaching as much as I'm enjoying delivering it. It says, The stone which the builder refused is become the headstone of the corner. Verse 23 says, This is the Lord's doing. It is marvellous in our eyes. Hallelujah. The scripture prophesies that Jesus must be hated. Let's have a look at Psalm 35, verse 19. Psalm 35, verse 19. And we'll read this. Hallelujah. Let not them that are mine enemies wrongfully rejoice over me, neither let them wink with the eye that hate me without a cause. They hated Jesus without a cause. There were plenty of wicked people around. When Jesus comes again, the world will be filled with wicked people. We said about Sodom and Gomorrah last week. Has man learnt from Sodom and Gomorrah? No, not at all. Not at all. Jesus must be hated. They hated Jesus. Without a cause. Verse 24 and 25 says in John, hallelujah, John 15, it says, If I have done amongst you the works which is done, sorry, I'll say that again. If I have done amongst you the works which none 
other man did, they had not sinned. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. They hated Jesus. But this was fulfillment of God's word. You see, God is so marvellous, God is so mighty, we find it difficult to understand God. We find it difficult to understand. Now it's prophesied that the disciples would abandon Jesus. That's another prophecy that we're going to read about now. Hallelujah. And I want you to go to Zechariah 13. Verse 7. Zechariah 13, verse 7. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus is abandoned by those he came to save, by those he loved. Hallelujah. Zechariah 13, verse 7. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. And I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep will run away. The scriptures prophesy that Jesus will be pierced, but none of his bones will be broken. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalm 34, verse 20. Psalm 34, verse 20. Hallelujah. We praise the name of Jesus. We praise his holy name today. Psalm 34. Hallelujah, verse 20. It says, He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. That was prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus' crucifixion. We're also going to go back to the book of Zechariah, Zechariah 12, verse 10. Hallelujah. All this was prophesied in the Old Testament. So many people have gone through the Old Testament and they've read these scriptures and not really understood what they meant. Zechariah 12, verse 10. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one that mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Hallelujah. There's also Old Testament scripture that says that Jesus would be betrayed by a close friend for 30 pieces of silver. Let's go back, back to Psalm 41, verse 9. Psalm 41, verse 9. Hallelujah. 
Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Hallelujah. All these prophecies about Jesus, all these prophecies. Jesus prophesied everything about how his death would be. He spoke about it. Jesus never held anything back, but was honest and true. Let's go to the Gospel of Mark, Mark 10, verses 33 to 34. Mark 10, 33 to 34, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and of the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, and they shall mock him, and shall scourge him, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise again. Hallelujah. All of this was to the Sovereign's Lord's will. And when we think about Satan, let's talk a little bit about Satan. Anything you were doing in your life that is opening the door to Satan. Now, have you ever known a close friend, someone you love very much who has betrayed you and has got you in trouble, maybe got you put out of a church? I've known people who have left churches because people have gone to the pastor or the elders and said evil things about them and made stories. You know, I was attacked recently by a very wicked woman, somebody who hated God, who's intent on bringing churches down, who's intent on destroying the word of God, who hates Jesus. And she first came to me asking for prayer. And when I said I would pray for her, she said she had relatives who were doing witchcraft against her and sending all sorts of evil. Would I pray for that? And which I did. And I said to her, look, it's about time you gave your life to Jesus. And she refused. She said she did do that. And she had left a successful church. And Satan had consumed her and filled her with so much hate that she decided she wanted to destroy God's church as much as she could. And I said I wasn't willing to pray for her anymore after a couple of times. She even asked me to pray that God would leave her alone and never come near her. And she showed hatred for God. When I said I wasn't willing to pray for her and help her any longer, she threatened me. She said, people who upset me, you know, go through bad times and bad things happen to them. She spoke of a pastor that offended her and the pastor's daughter committed suicide and she made it very clear that I should be careful that something like that would happen to me. 
and basically I told her to bring it on. And I said, touch not my anointing and do my profit no harm, which made her laugh. And she's created great, great evil. And I was very sorry that I ever prayed for her or had anything to do with her. But you see, that's what Satan will do. Many people who are demon-possessed don't think they're demon-possessed. They look for people who have offended them, people who have hurt them, and they blame those people for the reason they are like they are. And if you say, I think Satan has entered you and made you behave like this, they won't believe it. So all of us, I'm going to say a prayer for all of us now. No matter how offended we are, no matter who's hurt us, no matter who has said evil things against us, who has lied against us, who has rebuked us, who has reviled us and said all evil against us, we must forgive them. By forgiving them, we're keeping Satan outside of our lives. We don't want him near us. We don't want him whispering in our ear. We rebuke him. We bind him. We cancel him. We destroy him. We cast him down and cast him out now in the name of Jesus. Satan, take your filthy hands off of God's people. I stand against you. We stand against you. The Lord stands against you. He is coming soon. And you shall be no more. And you will be cast in the lake of fire along with the beast and the false prophet. And all those that have followed you, believing that you could have the victory over God, will realize that they made the wrong choice. So I call to those people now, no matter what you've done in your lives, now is the time to turn from sin and turn to Jesus. I'm going to say this prayer now. Say amen at the end of it. Lord Jesus, we know you are the Son of God. We know you are the Son of Man and that you died for us all. Come into our lives. Be our personal Lord and Saviour. Forgive us our sins. We repent of our sins. Wash us clean by your precious blood and protect us from all evil. We ask you, we invite you into our lives to be our personal Lord and Saviour. And we do promise to worship you in spirit and truth for the rest of our lives. In your holy name, amen. God bless you all. Thank you for listening. Great I work. hope that the teaching wasn't too complicated for you, that you all understood it. Brother Michael, what would you like to title this for the archive today? Uh, well, just really, uh, Satan enters Judas. Okay. Also, Tell people how they can make contact with your ministry and how they can support your work. 
Well, you can ring me if you wish, if you want to ring me on a mobile phone. If you're ringing from outside the UK, put the international code there. But my number is 07469-235351. My email address is frame, F-R-A-M-E, Cummins, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, all one word, 123-AOL.com. There is a PayPal account on my email address and you can also contact me on skype if you want personal prayer if you live in the london area please come and see us we're only at kilburn northwest six uh two to four uh i forgot the road isn't it amazing how my mind's just got blank two to four older shop road kilburn london NW6. Come and see us. We're there on Sunday from 11 o'clock till 1, and there's plenty of time for prayer after and deliverance. Hope you like the teaching today. Great teaching Jesus. today, my friend. It's an honor to work with you. And, uh, folks, if you're just coming in, we will have this up in the archive here by uh, end of the day. Um, we Amen. Will see you next week, my brother. God richly bless you. Mm. Look forward to it. God bless you and your family, and God bless everyone listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, my friend. That was Pastor Michael Cummins. Coming up next, we've got Robert Avila from Sweden. Let me say this. We'll be right back. 